rei ki te atoa, mangarongo ki te whenua, whakaro pai ki nga tangata katoa. Kia ora koutou, welcome to this week's edition of the Hui Come Home podcast. It sure is great to have you along this week. Um, the interesting thing about this week is this is our, um, this will be our last one for the year. So uh, what has started off for me in running an experiment has, I think, has turned into something. So um I hope you've enjoyed the last seven weeks of the conversations and the chats that we've put out. A couple of things before we start is, if you are enjoying this, um, could you do me a favour and share share it on your Facebook, share the podcast on your Facebook links, um, get them out to your friend, get them out to your churches, to your networks, if you can, over summer, because um, I'm sure this will be some good listening for people over summer. The other thing I'm interested in too is if you have enjoyed these and you want to hear more, um, could you get on our Facebook page, uh, Hui Come Home, and just either put it up there publicly or send me a mess, send us a message, and let us know what you would like us to talk about. Like, are there some topics when it comes to the Māori world? Are there even some topics within the Christian world? Uh, their topics within the world in general that you would like us to focus on with our flavor of exploring Christian theology and how that works and interacts with the Māori world um, and the Māori, uh, Māori worldview, Mātauranga Māori. If there's anything in particular that you would um, yeah, like us to talk about as we head into 2017, then um, drop us a line and let us know. Of course, uh, the other uh, the other thing along with that is that is there anyone else is there anyone that you would like interviewed as well? If you've got some people out there that um, you'd like me to come along and interview, then um, l- let me know that way as well. Um, as I said before, this has been uh, it's just been an experiment, really. You know, just trying to give it a go, and um, I, I think it's worked. I've we've, we've been getting some really cool feedback. Um, and so uh, we will um, be coming to you probably towards the end of late summer, maybe late February next year. Um, so, um, yeah, share the link, share what this is all about, and who knows, uh, maybe we can um, uh, get some more stuff going next year. Along those notes, if you would like me to come and run our Who You Come Home seminars, uh, uh, in 2017 then get a hold of me as well because I'd really love to get this the message of our history of our story and the importance I think about why it's necessary for us as a country at this time to really lean into the Māori world um, and I think I think the Christian story looking at it through the angle of the Christian story actually enables us to see the positives and actually en- enables us to have the negative conversation as well because the story of the church has been a positive one and it's also been a deeply negative one as well. But in but in talking about those things, we can find it helpful and and even non-threatening, I think, is from my perspective at least. Um, if you would like me to come and share on that stuff, then yeah, drop me a line, uh, drop, drop me a message at the Who You Come Home Facebook page as well. So that'll be cool. Uh, anyway... Um, because this is our last one, I wanted to save the best wine till last, <laughs> and I wanted to, um, yeah, it's my it's my privilege to introduce to you guys Cindy Ruakiri. Many of you know her, some of you won't. Cindy is uh, a dear friend, 
a dear sister. Uh, she is someone who um, I've worked with a lot. She's someone who I've learned from a lot. Um, and um, I've done ministry with her throughout the years and been a part of her uh, mu- musicians team and all that sort of stuff. And she is a legit, legit wahine toa, a legit lady. She is gold. She's worthy to be listened to. She's got some good things to say. And what I love about this podcast is that she shares some of her story, which many of you uh, probably won't know, particularly what it was like to both be Māori and then come into the Christian world um, uh, and, and through the 80s and stuff like that, uh, which, which in a way was probably you know, the height of colonial thinking, you know, or the end, the top point of colonial thinking within the New Zealand church. And anyway, her story with that is quite fascinating. But what's also fascinating is where she ends up and the journey she goes on with God taking her into the Māori world. Um, Cindy has recently been through a real uh, tough health time, which she'll talk a little bit about, which has brought a drastic change into her life and her work and, and how she sees uh, her ministry involvement now as well. But she ends on with some thoughts about what she feels God's really, really saying, particularly to the church and to the nation at this time. And um, man, it's just a great podcast. So much we can learn from her. Uh, like I said uh, the other week, the, the intro music to the start of this project is from her album called um, Karakia which you can get on iTunes just go to iTunes and search for Cindy Ruakere and uh, you can download her music I'll also play a little a little snippet of a, one of her older tracks uh, based on a prophetic word that we talk about in this podcast uh, I'll play that in the middle of this podcast at some point so yeah guys have a listen um, I really hope you enjoy it and like I said please share all these seven podcasts with your friend Go to the SoundCloud page, go to your iTunes subscription and, and please share it and get, get see, see how well we can get these podcasts out over summer and get people to listen to them. Uh, other than that, guys, it's been um, fantastic to have you along. Look, have a, have a really great Christmas with your friends and your family and a happy new year and uh, please enjoy the summer, drive safe, be kind and be good to your mother. Okay, here's Cindy. Kaki Dat. All right, here we are, talking with the wonderful, fabulous, superfluous, lovely Cindy Ruakere, who has just come off a famous, famous broadcast live on Shine TV, opening their uh, their public broadcasting airwaves with a national anthem. Well done, Cindy. Kia ora, Jefferson. Paul. Kia ora. Look, um, Cindy. As we start off with this, like, who are you? Where are you from? What you tell us your mihi? Give us a little greeting. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what, you know who you are, where you come from. Uh, tēnā koutou katoa, he mihi nui ki a koutou, ko Taranaki te maunga, ko Matane'u ne'u te awa, ko Kirahopo te waka, Ko Taranaki Tutu te iwi, tutu. ko Mahanga a Tairi te hapu, ko Tarawainuku te marae, ko Ruakere te wānau, ko Cindy a hau. 
Look, um, it's a privilege to have you along as always. Um, look, uh, a couple of things, you know, this, this podcast is about, you know, we've just started this um, as a bit of an experiment. Uh, it's about our Christian faith, the Māori worldview, New Zealand society and culture and where these things collide um, and it's been a journey that you as, um, uh, you as, in a way, have been an example for me to follow. Um, you know, this is a journey that you've been on for a long time. Um, I mean, tell us how, how, for you, how did, it, how did it start? You know, like, when, when was, you know, you obviously, you, you know, you, you grew up in Taranaki, you became Christian, blah, blah, blah. When did you, yeah, tell us about those beginnings for you. Uh, well, I came, um, I came out of a background of uh, not being aware of who I was as Māori, hmm. uh, except in, um, in a negative way, really. Uh, I grew up in a, a little town of, I think there were 4,000 um, people, and out of that 4,000 people, there were six Māori families. <laughs> so we, we were very much a, a minority. Um, my, my mother, tar- hard to imagine, eh, in Taranaki, yeah. that was the case. Yeah, so it was a little town called Inglewood, mm-hmm. um, which was a farming community, and it had the um, factory, the milk factory, I guess. Uh, yeah, so I grew up, I was the youngest of six, and... I grew up knowing that I was different. <clears throat> I, it was quite common for me to be called half-caste, not really knowing what that meant. But that was my um, experience of growing up, not being fully uh, connected to my Māori side, right. except when we went out to uh, Marae for tangi, right. or for you know some special occasion. I remember going out when I was little to Pariaka uh, and to... Uh, Marae Punio. I have vague memories of that as a little girl, but it, it wasn't a very uh, common experience for me. So I, I grew up in some ways not feeling like I fit in either world. So that, that was a struggle for me, and I think it's been a struggle for a lot of our people mm. who have become disconnected and disenfranchised uh, just through the, the whole process of colonisation and. Um, where I didn't have the language as a strength, I didn't understand what that meant. So I grew up in a... Hey, let's just pause this for a sec. All right, sorry, we've um, just started. We just paused for a bit because uh, that building going on next door was a bit loud. So carry on. So Punio, Marae. Yeah, so that, that, yeah, that was my uh, experience growing up, really. Uh, you know, I was disconnected from who I was, both the Pākehā side and the Māori side. So that that was that shaped my worldview. And yeah. um, so, you know, my life uh, didn't necessarily revolve around good things um, until I came to faith in 1986, and everything changed for me. It was like, it was a drastic conversion. Really? Uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I came alive to Christ, I understood that He was real, that right. this this world was real, and I just started running and 
they've never stopped. So we, and you, you haven't stopped, and you, I mean, there's so much stories to explore in your life, but um, let's just focus on, so you became, you became a follower of Jesus, like, culturally, culturally, what did you understand that to be, particularly in regards to being Māori at that time, like, what, like, what did you, um, how was your life culturally expressed with becoming a Christian and becoming part of the church? Well, I ended up going to a church which was a beautiful church and, and I ended up being there for many years and, and they released me into the, my ministry that I ended up doing. Uh, so I was very grateful for that. But at the beginning, uh, when I went there, I just so felt like out of my depth that I didn't fit. Um, and again, you know, this was... A middle-sized church, maybe 200-250, all main, mainly white middle class, and there would have been a few Māori there, right. maybe, I don't know, four, five, six, maybe it was a, there was a family, and that was it. So that was my introduction to Christian culture. And I didn't fit. I, I, you know, I was a forklift driver <laughs> working in a battery. You! And, and I come into this environment where very quickly I realised that you had to dress in a particular way, you had to behave in a particular way, you had to, your language had to change. Um, By the way, there are awesome 1980s photos of this forklift driving Māori woman in high heels and a dress. Awesome! Because <laughs> that was the, the, that was the, the expected way of dressing, and when you know we're talking eighties, puffer yeah. shoulder. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I, I tried really hard to fit in, but yeah. you know it, it just didn't work, and uh, and I had um, Maori spirits cast out of me because I was um, yeah because I, I was told that um, you know we we had to. Um, Put aside all the culture, Māori culture was evil, right. um, and yep. So I had deliverance for that, and you know, to be honest, as like as as a um, as a brand new Christian, you know, and, and coming out of a you know a, a background that that wasn't necessarily following Christ. Although I do have to say that I had the sense of God my whole life, right. ever since I was a little right. girl. Uh, I always right. knew God. I used to pray every night when I was little, but you know, coming yeah. into this, this new life and with Christ, and like all of us, we need cleaning up. So, um, I too needed cleaning up. I needed, you know, prayers and and I needed some, you know, inner healing. And I was pretty broken. And and but to, you know, classify things particularly as being of an ethnicity. Yeah. Um. But I didn't know any different. So I just thought, well, this is the way it goes. And so I, I really was uh, encouraged to move in fully into that world to basically to become a Pākehā Christian, right? Even though I didn't look at it or feel it or behave it, but right. I tried very, very hard. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> what did your family think of that? Um, they had some real struggles around it because I do have to say, at the beginning of my walk, I was very, very zealous. <sighs> A zealous Christian. Yes, I was right. very zealous. You had to save the world and save your family and yeah. all that sort of and, stuff. You know, yeah. I was I was telling them stuff that you know what they're doing was evil and 
and yeah, so I, I was I didn't have a lot of wisdom back in those days <laughs> um, regarding my faith, and my family were extremely concerned. They thought that I joined a cult, mm. um, and yeah, that they, they just were very upset about it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so that that was a little bit of a journey. So you, I mean, we'll talk about this more later on, but you're a you know you're a you're a songwriter, you're a you're a musician. And you're a prophetic speaker and, uh, um, and a minister in the church um, who's in, now working in health. But, um, but f- firstly, what was the ex- when did you have the experience that, oh, hang on a sec, this cultural stuff of it's, of, it's, oh, it's, it's wrong the way that you've been growing up, but a revelation of your, you know, your innate self of who you are as Māori when did this become something that God was like I'm, I'm coming after this I want to pull this out of you yeah well it's a little bit strange because I so I came to faith in 1986 I, I did a YWAM school in 1988 and then I went back to New Plymouth my expectation was that I was going to join YWAM and go right. and save the world but I felt very clearly that the that the Lord told me to go back to to Taranaki, and that's the very thing I didn't want to do. Yeah. And um, and I went back, and I and the strange thing happened. I I ended up doing this um, two year full time, um, Māori tikanga reo, um, class, that, and it was a it was a pilot for oh, okay. uh, teaching. Taranaki Real. Oh, okay. So it was oh, wow. the very first one. So this was 1988. So and a lot of my um, right. fellow students were, you know, they were tuturu Māori. Right. They they were activists and and um, you know I was very naive. So and if you can imagine that these um, just activist type people. Right. And uh, there was me and and we had to go around and introduce ourselves and you know I stood up and said you know my name's Cindy Ruakiri and I'm a um, I'm a Christian. And I'm called to be a missionary. Well, you know, I had very little understanding about <laughs> the views of, of, of missionaries, you know, right. because they've, they've been right. great heroes of the faith uh, as far as um, missional work here in Aotearoa, but there have been um, dismal examples as well. Right. So, um, yeah, that didn't go down too well. Right. <laughs> no, I wasn't sure why. But, <laughs> um, but over those two years, you know, I got to, to, to build up friendship and... But I, I learned a lot about myself, and I think that that began in some ways the journey of discovering my identity um, in Christ, but through who I was as Māori. Right. And and I was hitting up against these obstacles uh, for many years, and uh, honestly not sure what where I was going or what I was doing, but really just I kept sensing that 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 call of God that to, to keep moving down this path. And I remember uh, not long into, you know, I was doing this, I was starting to write music, and and I had a, a man come up to me one day, and uh, because my music was, you know, the lyrics were in Māori, or they were in, in yeah. English and in Māori, and this guy came up to me one day and he just said, you know, that basically what I was doing was wrong because we're all called to be one in Christ. So so why was I trying to, you know, include, you know, Māori <laughs> musical words? And 
And I just looked at him and I... Really? Uh, he came up to you and he, said that? He said that, we were, but we're all called to be one in Christ. And I said to him, but whose one is it? Because, and I said to him, do I have to become like you to become one? And that, because that's the dominant culture right. thinking is that, well, we want unity, but we want unity on my side of the bridge, right. not on your side of the right. bridge. And, and he didn't fully understand what he was saying, and I didn't fully understand what I was saying either, but I just knew that this journey was, I was being led by God, and mm. uh, it was scary mm. at times, you know, like we, we, were, we were starting to break out in, in, in some music sounds, we were starting to introduce taonga puro, uh, which is, you know, traditional Māori instruments, and we were seeing these really strange responses to the sounds that were being outworked. Like clearly of God, right? Uh, and um, still, I just didn't know. I didn't fully understand it. There, no one else was doing it. But all I knew was that 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 I kept having that sense that this is God. So I had to trust that process and and keep following what I believe was the Lord. And I'm very grateful that it was. <laughs> it's fascinating because at the area, you know, you're going from an understanding of you have to cast out from within Christian circles, you've got to cast out Māori demons to you're actually discovering and experiencing that the Holy Spirit is using these very things mm. to express who you are mm. and therefore who people are and then the onflowing effect of a sound from our nation from our nation or from our land. Mm. Um, what, what gave you the motivation to keep going? How did you keep going? What did you... What, like, what did you actually do to go, man, this, there's something in exploring Taonga Pūro, like Leo and language in a church ministry context? Like, what championed you on? Like, um, I and, do, what, and, what did, sorry, and what did you do to, you know, what were the actual things you did? Um, because this, this journey was so unknown. Um, we're talking what, we're talking 1990s? Early 90s, yeah. And... I do have to say that probably the main reason that I was able to, to keep pushing into an area that I still wasn't sure was this God or not God. Yeah. I had a champion and his name was Kim Bonavie. He, oh. he, was the, um, he was the senior pastor at the church that I belonged to. I was on staff there. I was on pastoral staff and the, the worship director. So when this, thing, this stuff started to break out... Um, I and I, I honestly didn't know what this was like. For let me give you an example. Uh, someone gave me a putatara, and, oh. and so one day um, the conch shell. The conch shell, yeah. yeah. And and we played it in the church. Now you have to remember this was predominantly white middle class, um, yeah. still at that stage, and um, so we we blew this this putatara out, and the spontaneous haka started from the back of the church, and oh. I'll never forget it. It's like that. It was just never seen anything like that before <laughs> and I remember someone come up to me afterwards and said I don't know if that was God <laughs> and I looked at them and said I don't know if that was God either <laughs> I just didn't know it was right. just it was this strange right. sort of thing what, but it was what, awesome what yeah what, what was that it, it, it you knew that it had it was prophetic it was God but it was like what was that I don't know what that was you know it was just it was so fresh and then um, a few weeks later, a similar sort of thing happened when um, I played the the um, 
kawawa, which is the bone flute, and you know I played it really, really badly, <laughs> but um, so but the sound was was released, and uh, again this the the spontaneous response happened, which happened to be intercession, and this weeping just like went through the church, and I knew it was in direct correlation to the sound that was released right. through that that instrument of the land and the response that rose up from the people. So, and I guess that is what really piqued my uh, my passion to know that I think this is God. I have to keep pursuing this. And and Kim, even though he didn't really understand it either, he trusted me enough to let me keep to let me uh, uh, continue to to search it out. And the, the, the key mm. change for me was when um, was Kevin Prosh. So, you know, right. he was the foremost prophetic worship right. leader at that time. Right. And uh, he came out to New Zealand. Uh, the whole group of us in the worship team went up um, to, to, to um, listen to him at a conference. And that gave me hope because he was beginning on this journey of indigenous sound um, through, really, uh, through the inspiration of his drummer, Martin Neal, okay. who, was, who was English. Okay. But um, he had okay. started to... Uh, um, Experiment with uh, traditional instruments and the responses that would come from that, those indigenous instruments. So that, okay. that was really where my journey went. And from there, I just started to fly. I, when I, once I knew this is God, uh, we produced an EP um, called Shout of the King. Shout of the King. And, um, and, but, and I'm pretty sure that, um, that but I'm correct. So this, this came out in 1994, I think, or 1996, 94. Uh, and I would, um, I'm pretty sure that it was the very first Christian album ever that had traditional Māori instrument on it. So we played the Pūriri Hua, which is um, like that, you know, give yeah. us an example yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, and to my knowledge, that there, there was no other um, album at that point that had any traditional Māori instruments on it, so... You know, and from there we just we, we just keep growing and, and the interesting thing is is that people started to come awake around the country to this sort of new sound that was emerging. And um, from there on we started getting invited out to different places to lead worship and you know, just to talk a little bit about our journey, which I must say, still mm. at that stage it was it was unknown. Right. So I had we had to keep trusting that right. this was the Lord because we didn't have the full revelation. All we had was just like, this is God. We have to keep going. So we did until we reached a point where, you know, where, where we are now. We're continuing to explore what authentic worship looks and sounds like coming out of Aotearoa, which is very exciting. Um, so one of the songs that you wrote, Ko Te Tafito Tama I Roro Kutia, I mean, just as an example, you, I first heard of Toiro's prophecy through your song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this prophecy says from 1766, there's a new God coming. His name means the son who was killed. Um, he's a good God. However, the people still be oppressed. Um, you know, you put that into a song, and like, how did you come? How did you come across that? By the way, I don't think I've ever asked you. How did you discover that history? Uh, so I was up in Auckland uh, by that stage, and I just started out in itinerant ministry, um, living in Mount Eden, and I really felt that I had to take some time out to do research. 
So I, I took a month out, went down to, to Auckland um, City Library uh, most days and just was really trying to explore um, this, you know, because we started hearing, like, other people started to talk about Iwo Matua Kore, the, mm. the uncreated God, you know, is this is this Iwo Matua Kore, is this our God, is this Jehovah, is it, you know, again, right. it was like so unknown, and I, I remember a friend of mine, he came up to Auckland, and, and um, I picked him up, and we were driving down the motorway, and he looked at me, and he says, uh, you know, he's quite hesitant, he says, um, so this is full real speaker, and uh, he, you know, tūtiru Māori, he goes, um, can I uh, ask you a question? I said, sure. He goes, have you heard of um, uh, Iwo Matua Kore? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, I'd only been researching it and discovered it for myself. You know, we were going back to, you know, the, the really old books like, you know, um, Rangi Hero's books. Right. And, and, you know, this is from the early 19th century. So these are old, old books. And, and I was coming across these. And when I started to read through the names of Iwo, it just blew my mind because I just, this is my God. This is the God right. that I serve. This is the God that, the living right. water, the, the the parentless one, the, right. the holy one, the, you know, right. the exalted one. It's like, oh my word, this, this is my God. Wow. And I never knew that this God was worshipped by my people before um, the revelation of Jesus came. Wow. So, um, so this, I come across this. It was a Judith Binney book called Redemption Songs. It was the story of Te Koti. and the, so this ancient prophetic word, seventeen sixty six. Toiro, he was a matakite, he was a seer, and he had this prophetic word. There's a new God coming. His name is Tama Iroro Kutia. He is a good God, but the people will still be oppressed. I was just so moved by that because, you know, Tama Iroro Kutia means the son who was killed. But another explanation is the son whose flame was extinguished. Mm. I mean, just that, that in itself it's just speaks such right. a lot to the understanding of the Māori mind that they had yeah. about this God. And, Which actually corresponds with Isaiah, a smouldering wick, he would right. not be snuffed out. Yeah, you know? yeah. and um, this... So this revelation, I just I was so um, deeply moved by it, and um, to to think that that my people were aware of of this God who was coming, whose name was Jesus, and that's why I think the mission when the missionaries came, that they came to bring full expression of a God that was already known within the hearts of our people. Hmm. So that's why the, this thing that the missionaries came and saved Marty. Well, I'd say it was more that they came to bring the full revelation of who Jesus was, which of course we needed, right. the Son of God, um, because he is the, our way to access the Father. Um, and so I, I saw this more as a, as a, as a moving complementary thing rather than, you know, that, that one needs the answer and the other has the answer. It was, uh, I, I feel that there was more emerging of this full revelation of who Jesus Christ was. I don't, does that make sense? Yeah, to you? yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So when I come across this, I just thought, I have to write a song about it. Gosh. And um, because it was just so moving. And really, a, a fascinating thing about it is that, that, that when. Oh, the, uh, I started taking the song out around the country. It was Pakia who got the revelation and started to weep. Everywhere I went with the song, people would just break down crying. 
It's because Pākehā, for the first time, understood that God had spoken to Māori. Right. So I had more of a reaction from Pākehā than I, than I did from Māori. Although, you know, right. Māori were just, they were responding, but, but the, the, like a real deep thing that was happening in the hearts of Pākehā. So I found that really interesting. Oh, gosh. Fascinating. pretty incredible albums um, please check them out on iTunes like I sh- shared the other week the starting intro piece is Cindy's music um, of this, these podcasts um, so look I, I'm, I'm very interested in this journey you had, you've been an itinerant minister for years travelled around the world song, song leading worship led and uh, in, in, you know in Christian conferences and churches all around the globe um, but in the last few years, you've taken a different journey and um, you've gone 
um, into working in health uh, down in the South Island of Christchurch, where you live in right now. Um, I, I guess the thing that I'm interested in, like a couple of things, is like why, like, but also as an example of someone who your your whole walk, walk with Ihu Karaiti has been one of hearing and obeying hearing the wind of the spirit and actually having the guts to put your life on and actually do it at, at great cost to yourself a great cost to your own personal desires and wants like I, I guess what I want to know is particularly on this journey of going into the Māori world and hearing what God like why make such big costs um, and and what have you learnt on this process of, in a way, laying aside who you were in the church world? You know, you, you know, you were, you're a, you're a famous speaker. You're a famous artist here in New Zealand. You know, um, and in a way, giving that up to go and do this mahi with Wahine Tor down in Christchurch. Um, tell us some talk. talk Talk to us about that process. Okay. Um, can I just... I just want to reiterate just something from the previous yeah. um, conversation that we had. You, you know, like talking about this... This, I, I believe that through this this revelation of Eeyore and this the, the message that was coming through that this new God, Tana Iroro Kutia, I believe that the, the Lord was setting the hearts of Māori so that when the full revelation of who Jesus Christ was, when that full revelation came, they received it wholeheartedly. And that's why um, so many Māori embraced the gospel because the hearts had already been prepared long, long before. So that's why there was such a, 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 I believe, a a, a freedom and a desire and a hunger to embrace this this good news, te rongopai. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I just wanted yeah, to, yeah, to awesome. yeah, because yeah, I wasn't awesome. sure whether I fully made sense before. That's but, um, good. Yeah, um, yeah. So the the new journey I found myself on. Um, I in two thousand thirteen, I um, I got sick. I got diagnosed with cancer, uh, and so I went through quite a big journey of the, of recovery for that. Um, I, you know, I'm saying I'm well now. I'm I'm cancer free, and um, but while oh, I was going yeah. through that journey, yeah. Uh, I started to do some research and, and I discovered that um, a lot of Māori were dying of cancer because they were presenting late stage. So they weren't getting their screening, um, you know, they weren't up to date with, with those sort of things. And that really concerned me. Right. And I just thought, this is not right. There's inequalities here. It's like, why? Why are um, there, there are ways trying to be met to, to cover that? Because as we know, it's like one size doesn't fit all, particularly right. in, in the health system. It's like it just doesn't work like that. And uh, and you know, again, I just I think that that's that that old thinking that's the of of institutionalisation. It's just well, you know, you, well, become one, you have to become like me. Well, it's not necessarily going to work. And yeah. and um and so while I was going through that, you know, I started writing a proposal, and you know, I was trying, to, I was getting all fired up, and and then. Um, then this job pretty much came along, uh, working in a Māori health and social services provider, uh, w- working with um, with Māori women. So I um, I just really felt it was the Lord. It, to be honest, I had no idea what I was doing uh, because you know still I was coming out of recovery, 
uh, I guess, uh, and to go into a whole new world with a whole new job (laughs) description, (laughs) completely different after 25 years. With a job description. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like 25 years of of being an itinerant minister. Well, uh, you know, being in the church Mm. world. Yeah. Uh, to come into 25 some, years oh my goodness wow. yeah yeah so 16 of those years I traveled full-time wow. um, and so and you know to, to it's come a big into life this, change it was huge and yet I didn't think about it like you know not until after when it's too late but at the time <laughs> I just thought like, I knew that it was the Lord I just like and so I stepped into it um, by faith and off I went and it was you know it wasn't long after I'd started it was like Oh my gosh, what have I done? Oh. And but there, there was no going back. And but and I still didn't fully understand why I was doing it until many months later when I just started to see a whole new world open up to me and I started to understand what God was doing outside of the walls of the church. Right. And it fascinated me and I it was like I was engaging in a world that wasn't Christian per se, and yet it was full of the Spirit of God. Right. So I was able to, and I still do. Like I Beautiful. talk about the Lord all the time in, in my work environment. I talk with my colleagues about the Lord. I um, get to pray for them. I talk to the, the people that I work with, the fire order. There's, there's so many opportunities. And I realized that uh, in the Māori world, it's, that's an accepted thing. So yeah. it's not like you're not shut down from doing right. it where you would in a more secular, you know. So if I was in primary health or, you know, in, in the you know, institution, like a hospital or whatever, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. But, you know, in this environment, I can do as much prayer as I want. I can talk to people about the Lord as yeah. much as I want because that's seen as, a, because the Māori understanding of health is holistic. You right. Know, te whare which is, yeah. you know, that the, the, all of us, that, that, that holistic sense of who we are. So we're not just a body. We are a, a body and a mind and a spirit. Right. So I'm able right. to go in through that model to, to speak about the Lord um, because the, the spiritual part of us is fully understood and, and accepted just as much as our mental health is and as much as our physical yes. health is. Yes. Spiritual health is seen as... as equally as important so man I've got full scope right. just to do so much and and so in this world it's like it's I've been opened up to what the Lord is doing and and it hugely excites me because um and I never fully understood it before when I was working right. with, in the church looking out now I'm out and and you know looking okay how can this how can this work um, and I don't mean I'm out of the church. Yes, I, yeah. I belong to, to a, a fellowship. I belong to North City in, in Christchurch. And, and I still do a little bit of ministry. But, but I'm trying to gauge, you know, I had a prophetic word. Um, the Lord spoke to me. I must have been like, I don't know, it would have been about three years ago. And, and I, it was like this picture. And, he, and, and this words came to me. He said, the, the walls of the church are collapsing out. So, oh, and I had to really had to oh, try and process good. that. It's very like, what good. does this mean? And so this is way before um, I, I, Started I got... Working in the yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And so I had no idea. I wasn't thinking about doing what, I, what I've ended up doing. But like this... So, and of course, you know, I had no idea that I was actually prophesying to myself. Right. <laughs> because me as a, <laughs> as a representative of, you know, the church being itinerant minister, and the walls of the church collapsing out. So and it was actually talking about me going out of the, of the church 
to see the church created outside of her own walls. So, and I really feel like that, um, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm the pastor of this, this, this organisation and I'm working and, and they're my congregation. That's sometimes what it feels like. And they often will look to me to ask me faith questions. They will ask me to pray for them. <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> so it's just, it's quite extraordinary um, where I'm seeing the outworking of this prophetic word. That, right. um, the, so the, so, Man, that's beautiful. Yeah, so what, what I'm trying to figure out now is like, how does this work, you know, the ins and outs of the church? Because, you know, I love the church. I'm passionate about the church. Jesus is coming for the church. He's coming for his bride. But what I'm trying to navigate now is about what is the church? Because what, what, right. it has, to be, more, has yes. to be more than like a, a building that's on a street corner somewhere that we all, we, we all flock to on a Sunday morning. So, so that's what I'm trying to work out now. It's like, what, what, what is church? What, what is this beauty? <laughs> Ooh. This, this Ooh. beautiful thing called the church. What does she really, you know, what she look like? Because whether we like it or not, it's changing. Like yeah. the, 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 the way that we're doing church has to change because it's, not, it's like it's not working anymore. Our, you know, our congregations are, oh, yeah. are getting yeah. smaller. So, so, but it's not that the church is losing her power. Of course she's not. The church is as dynamic as she ever was because that's what the Spirit of God does. That's right. Mm. So I just think we, we have to reimagine what she looks like, um, and I just I think that um, this is the, the beautiful journey that, that I'm finding myself on. Man, we, we are we are, man we are privileged to be alive in a time of history where I guess the way I see it is what our tupuna have done the hard slog for and protested and fought and been devastated that seed that was sown in justice and righteousness is actually producing a harvest in this generation so there is there's 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 a vine the vine of the Maori world at this time is Sprouting, flowering, blossoming. Now, if we think of the institution of the church as a whole, it is, in Aotearoa, it's predominantly Pākehā. And we have, within that framework, there are, you know, there is an assumption that, in a way, we got the corner on spirituality. And that's just an assumption that has been, whether it's actually been taught or it's just grown up, you know, uh, over time, I mean, what what would you want to say to, say, f- followers of Jesus who aren't Maori and who, you know, um, what would you what could you say to them or encourage them as far as learning from a Maori world or, or with what what is ha- happening in the land at this time? Uh, well, I guess I'll leave you with this. This. Uh... This oh, maybe, maybe I might have some more questions here. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, carry on. Um, this is this is interesting. Um, Greg Burson, he was down in Christchurch. Greg Burson earlier this year, and um, and we were uh, after the service. Um, I drove him to have lunch. We were meeting up with the pastors, and and he gave me a prophetic word. He, he said, um, "Embrace the shake," and. That, and it was really around a story of a man who was an artist, but he developed a tremor in his hand, and he went to a neurologist, and the neurologist said that um, it's you've got it as permanent, 
you have to embrace the shake because his hand couldn't stop shaking. And how he just went through this, this whole season of like, um, hated it, laid everything down. But then when he picked up um, his creativity again and started to, to not just paint, but, you know, uh, involve his, you know, his artwork, it came back in a completely different way because he embraced the shake. And the ironic thing is that after Greg gave me this word, um, 10 minutes later, the the Valentine's Day earthquake happened. <laughs> so, you know, that was a good confirmation <laughs> of the word, really. Uh, and so that word was a word for me about embracing this new season that I'm in. And I would say, really, for, for people that, you know, generally feeling like that, that you might not, a little bit like me at the start, don't really understand this, you know, is this God, is this not God, like yeah. what go, what's going on, I would say to you, embrace the shake. Embrace the shake. Embrace that, that change is happening and um, that you have to, to be courageous enough to, to move with that change and you're not going to understand it all. It's not going to make sense all the time. Yeah. But isn't that the nature of faith? Isn't that the nature of the walk that we're spoke that we're called to? Right. <laughs> we're, you know, where where every a T is crossed and every I is dotted. It's like, well, that's not faith. That's that's that, that's you know, you you've already got it sorted, and that's not faith. <laughs> so I'd say to you that uh, uh, on this journey, embrace the shake. Wow, interesting. Look, I will say, <clears throat> I'll ask this one question. In closing, um, and I haven't asked this yet to anyone, but um, this is going to be the last podcast of the year for 2016. Now, 2016 has been a curly one. Um, I hear the totoko, the korero, to um, embrace the shake. Um, what do you... Is there anything else you feel like Wairua Tapu might be saying as we move into another um, another year? Yes, I do. Oh, oh really? Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, there's a big, uh, big, uh, big burst in volume there. Sorry about that, folks. Um, so... What I'm sensing, you know, as we all know, there's a lot of shaking going on, not not just, you know, in, um, geographically mm. or um, the land mass, or, but there's a whole lot of shaking going on in people's hearts and people's lives. And and, and I, I think that we, we are becoming, as, the, as society gets more and more um, secularised, uh, we we are seeing. I think we're going to continue to see a rise in, not at this stage, not necessarily persecution, but but you know, for example, the the outcry that happened when when Brian Tamaki you know said what he said, whether wisely or unwisely, right. um, and that that huge outcry, and they want to take away the charitable status of Destiny Church, you know, that, etc. I think we're going to see an increase of this. That where where um, disdain and and hatred for the church is will, will be on the rise, but and this is the interesting thing. What, what I was saying earlier about how Maori view the world in a holistic way, so body, soul, spirit, where spirit is is equally as important as the other parts mm-hmm. of who we are. Yeah. So I feel in some ways that the the Maori are going to rise up and stand on behalf of the church to be able to give voice to the Lord in a way that a lot of Pākehā Church will not be able to do. 
So I'm wondering in some ways where as, as Māori begin to, to rise into their, their place, as they're given, the, the, as they're allowed to, may I say, that as, as we are allowed to come into our rightful place, as, as, as in, in some ways Māori, uh, Pākehā will, will be needing to take a back step as Māori come into the forefront because that will not be able to be disputed. Because I know that in every situation, whether it's in Parliament, whether it's in, in hospitals, in, in the most secular, secular anti-Christian environment, they'll never stop us from doing karakia. They'll never stop us from the tikanga of expressing our spirituality. They'll never be able to make it happen mm. under the treaty of Waitangi. So mm. I, I have the sense that in the years to come, as the, as the church is going to be facing some of this opposition, Māori are going to come and stand in that place and, and we'll see the, the church uh, rise and shine for her light has come. This is going to be the full... I'm giving myself goosebumps. <laughs> this is going to be the, the, the full understanding, the recognition of the importance of the Treaty of Waitangi and what true biculturalism will look like because the church, God has called the church to showcase this to the world. Kia ora. Mm. Oh. Oh. Kia ora, Cindy. Nā mihi nui uh, ki a te, uh, takatua hine. Um, mō tō kōrero. Um, thank you kindly for your friendship, your life, your example. Um, it's been great to have some of your thoughts and you will be a regular on this podcast as we move into the new year. So, it's good to have some introductory thoughts from you. So, uh, kia ora, Cindy. Thanks. Thank you. And merikri me. Kia koutou. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs>